Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Blackman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. It's really, really not that good. What's up? Welcome to the podcast bonus episode. And if there's ever been a clusterfuck of guys in a studio while the intro played, that was us just now. <laughs> Everyone's like pointing up, pointing down, pointing left, pointing right. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. The intro's playing. I had my pinky out. I was drinking beer. I'm um, new. I don't know what to do. This <laughs> Sorry, podcast guys. is very short. It's just a bonus quick little one we recorded when we were in, in Indiana. Um, kind of bullshit about Indiana gun seasons and my coyote. Um, and whatnot, but the, the main purpose of the intro of this is to tell you guys about this frost be- frost seed special that Big Time is doing, partnered with us. You can get fifty percent off Foundation Clover and Clover Select with code WCB Frost, all caps, at BigTime.com only. It's the only place this works. No other retailers. You have to go to Big Time's website and order it there. And this is valid through. Well, shit, I think it's just, uh, oh, through December 15th while supplies last. So, awesome clover. Um, if you do frost seeding, I don't know a lot about it, but I know a lot of guys uh, bank on that uh, for in the spring. So, check out 50% off WCB Frost. Uh, we want to thank Big Time for, one, letting us come out and hunt with them and supporting our dumbasses. That means a lot. <laughs> and uh, Joe Humphrey is the whole team. They're all great, great people. So, there's the code for you. We hope you enjoy this little banger. Um, happy Thanksgiving. 
And we have a lot of podcasts coming this week. We're going to spoil you with episodes. So hope you enjoy. What is up? Welcome to the podcast. We are in Indiana, or I am in Indiana with my Indiana boys. You guys are always in Indiana. We reside for the most part. Yeah. We'll just do a roundtable introduction. That way, everybody can know who your voice are. We'll just go with Sir Shad. Uh, Shad Vanetti, Indiana resident, not yes. traveling to Indiana. You live here. I, yeah, I do. Joe Humphreys uh, from Big Time. It's kind of feeling weird holding a baby and not a bush light. Well, you got like a coffee with. Yeah, it, you know, there's we're we're kicking it up a notch. Yeah, you're Midwestern, holding a baby, literally feeding a baby while on this podcast. And then next on the podcast we have Jackson Riley, also from Big Time, not holding a baby. No, no. And I'm starting to get nucks from Joe's kid, and he still <laughs> won't do it. So maybe by the end of the podcast. So I didn't know. Like I've been trying to get Kurt over here forever. I didn't know all it took was making biscuits and gravy. Dude, killer biscuits and gravy. I might add. Thank you for breakfast. I woke up early for that. Or man. brunch or whatever. Whatever it was. Whatever it is. But yeah, no, we're uh, Indiana hunt camp. I guess it's kind of like what this could be summed up to be. Yeah. Uh, my first time hunting in Indiana. It is mid November. Mm-hmm. Deer are falling. Um, Austin Chandler tagged out last night with his longbow. Um, which, if you go back a podcast or two podcasts, depending on when this airs, Shad, you just guessed it on his other, you know, we're celebrating his first buck with yep. that longbow. <clears throat> he tagged out, which is cool. And then our buddy Cole Young um, from Team Working Class, he shot a absolute slob this morning that we're thinking is, I'm thinking is going to be high 90s, high 190s, right in that way somewhere. So deer are dying right now. It's like the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been seeing deer. I've been seeing a lot of deer. I'm just nothing big yet, but it just builds up, and then then they show up. You know, you hope anyway. But deer are moving. Shitty weather coming in, so we're kind of gonna we're gonna figure it out. And the orange <laughs> army, the blaze orange bandits, yeah, will be out. And you guys have rifle season here. It's yeah. it's just a general firearm season. It's not right. Okay, we got to talk about this because I remember reading a couple. Of, it's been around a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember reading like, oh, Indiana's getting rifle, and I was like, oh, Illinois next. It's not. It's not good. But like, what is it actually? Yeah. Is there guys out there with thirty out sixes shooting seven hundred yards? Is that a, is that I, a thing? I remember back when when this started, um, when they opened it up because it, it trickled in right where mm-hmm. you know they started with the. The straight cartridge, so the 450 Bushmaster, you could use uh, 44 mags, 45 long colt. You could use all that, and then they just started introducing some weird rounds before they opened up everything. Oh, and really? What's it, he yelling about? I don't know. But when, oh, when they first opened, fish, that, was, that was back when we were working at Gander. Dude, guys were coming in buying those Mosin Nagant Russian Army yeah. surplus because uh-huh. they thought they could shoot like the silly Zaitsev <laughs> off that. Was when, that movie? When you say those guys, you were one of those guys. I was not. I was <laughs> had one. So how long I, I wasn't <laughs> shooting deer with it. How long ago did you work at Gander, though? Oh man, it's back when it was Gander Mountain. Yeah, so late seven. That was at least seven <laughs> years ago. It's been around that long. I thought this was a new thing. No, it's been around for a while. Oh, I thought this was like new within it, a well, few years. Like you said, it came in stages. So it came in, and it was it was. I think it went by length of case actually, mm-hmm. and mm. then and then just a few years ago, it was basically. I mean, you go out the three hundred wind mag now if you wanted. It no kidding. Want, yeah. Is it so in Illinois? We have it's basically the the. If you had to just break down what is firearm season in Illinois, weekend before Thanksgiving, weekend after Thanksgiving, and then muzzleloaders right. like the weekend after that. 
What so we're a little different. Yeah, yes. it's a lot. It's a lot of from basically tomorrow morning for the next month. There'll be you have the ability to hunt with a firearm of some type. It, I, I think it's technically the second full weekend in November is when it starts. Yes. Mm-hmm. So right in the heart of the rut every single year, and it will go for so two weekends plus a day, or two mm. weeks plus a day. So it's Saturday. The following weekends through through the next weekend, so it's that Saturday and to the following Gee end whiz. Of Sunday. So basically, the end of November. Yeah, and then Whoa. It's, and that's it's all out for a week. It's out for five most, days. It's out for five days. Monday through Friday. Comes in. No kidding. So yes. that's more detrimental than the rifle season. Plus the fact that it only costs one hundred fifty dollars for a non resident for a non resident tag. Mm-hmm. So do you guys notice a big in your bow hunting after? rifle season opens for that long is there like a big change in deer and behavior and pressure oh absolutely they're gone Mm -hmm. they're gone yeah it makes it makes like especially what i do it makes it really difficult yeah to try to get under yeah try to get under 15 yards of (laughs) of a, of a, a deer of any variety right who justified getting a rifle season besides lazy hunters I don't know, probably the crossbow people. <laughs> well, I'm kind of lumping them all in together unless you got a reason to shoot a crossbow. But yeah. It wasn't that detrimental, though. Like It was like, you know, change and everybody was freaking out about it. Yeah. It, it wasn't as and bad as what everyone thought. Well, okay. Yeah. It was, yeah. Cause, because, you, I mean, you've been here now. There's not that many places you can shoot five or six or 700 yards. Yeah. It's really yeah. And you can't not, use them on public. You can't use yeah, rifles yeah, that's on good. public. Can you so, use any firearms on public here? Yeah. You can use shotguns. Shotgun, shotgun muzzleloader. Yeah. That, that's that's fair, yeah. I I always thought Illinois would be next for that, and I hope I don't not. See it, man. You know, I hope yeah. not. I wish, and I say this a lot. I hope I or Illinois might adopt kind of more Iowa, like how they have everything laid out. But also, like Illinois, our you know right, weekend before Thanksgiving is our first firearm. That's still pretty good rut activity there. Um, but. After our first weekend on properties I hunt and areas I hunt, it, everything changes after that first three days. Don't you guys have like a three-day and then a two-day? It's a it it's works? a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then you're off, Thanksgiving weekend hits, and then the weekend after Thanksgiving, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, okay, Sunday. three and four. And then I think the following weekend is muzzleloader, and I don't know like how that lays out. Well, like like Indiana, you would think that you know being so long, it would kind of spread the, the non-residents out and everything. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's all the opening weekend, right? I mean, because it, it's, it's closest to the rut. Yeah. Right, everyone's excited. It's not that cold yet. Usually, mm-hmm. if if the weather is decent and everything lines out right, uh, open weekend of firearm season, it's a slaughterhouse. Yeah, I can see. I that. mean, it, the the best thing for are running us around moving and is like a situation like tomorrow where you got twenty plus mile an hour winds, seventy <laughs> percent chance of rain. Yeah, there's a lot of people who won't go out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For um, sure. We'll just get drunk tonight and hunt camp and see what Go happens. out midday and push deer. Yeah. <laughs> that, that will happen, yeah. <laughs> We've got neighbors that do deer drives on opening day. Dude, you know what? Do it whatever. That's how you want to hunt. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but there's guys that do deer drives at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, deer are moving naturally. Maybe just sit somewhere. It. I mean, our, <laughs> our basis is, you know, up to this point for a month and a half, we're trying to pattern deer and doing it the right way and, yeah. you know, learning and moving and doing what we got to do yeah yeah come tomorrow morning it's okay where am i going to set up where i know the neighbors are going to be pushing the deer to yeah uh-huh. yeah like yeah. That, that becomes your new strategy is just what's that meme online it shows the guy from uh 
I can't remember what show it is. He's got a rolled up orange hat and some shitty army jacket on. It's like you put all the work in and food plots to pattern bucks, and then a dude that looks like this is kills your target buck opening yep. day. That was literally what I was picturing last weekend when them boys rolled up to my uh, my property line looking at my clover going, oh, this is where they're crossing at. We're going to set up here. <sighs> yeah. Sweet. It yeah. sucks, man. You worry about it. Almost Joe as a ghillie suit with a crossbow. Close. Joe called me last week when that I'm happened. I'm a bush. <laughs> like, I'm leaving the woods. He's calling me because I was on vacation last week, and he's telling me, know the story and i'm just like dude this is every year like why is why is this surprising he's like it just still pisses me off every year that they just yeah i mean when you have when you already have what three stands right on your property line and then they're looking to hang more like they have to have one every 40 yards it gets old man it does it gets really old especially you know i know there's probably some people that listen well yeah try hunting public whatever but you put a different amount of work in on a private that you call your own. Like it's different. It's maybe it equals out to be the same type of work. However, you break it down. But you know, if you have your own piece, you're trying to make it like this ideal hunting property for yourself for what you can afford. You put all this work in it, and you're putting work in it from really all year round. It never really stops from sheds to yep. spring plots mm-hmm. to fall plots to hanging stands to figuring out deer to running cameras to all that to have some bum just kind of piggyback try to piggyback off all your hard work. That kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, my family's. Pri- I don't. Ha- I don't hunt a lot of private ground, mm-hmm. acreage wise, but I'm working on it all year round. Yeah, I mean, it's there's something going on to make mm-hmm. sure it, the animals want to be there. Yeah, well, not to me- like even mention that you kind of get an emotional like attachment to it and like care for it a different way because of all the work you put in. So then it sucks too to have people. Fucking with you right off of the property line like that. Yeah, for sure. So. Well, I mean, just like like your piece that you just got, you've got 80 acres. Now, you're going to put a lot of time into that on sculpting that to the way you want it. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I've already planted like 3,000 trees out there. No kidding. Yeah, it's all, I mean, it's all open, you know, old mine ground, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's the stuff you got to do to build it what you want someday, you know. Yeah, I looked at it as like a blank slate. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So, did you like plant the trees in a certain way? To, like, yeah, create? yeah. I actually I got an onyx and like mapped it all out where I put in like you know thick shrubs and then pines and then areas oh, all left open. Like, yeah, it was just like yeah, just open. open that's slate. awesome. Is that property you bought or something you're mm-hmm. leasing? Or? Yeah, I bought it. So that yeah, I mean, you can watch that turn into this like white tail heaven, hopefully eventually. Yeah, which I was out there a couple weeks ago and walked up. I was on the phone with Joe and I look up and there's antlers sticking above the grass like 50 yards in front of me and it was a shooter. I'm like, well, that's cool. Yeah, like, no kidding. I mean, they're already, but they're already out there. But this ground right now, when you walk across it, it feels like you're walking across Kansas right now. It's just oh, like yeah. rolling. I mean, uh-huh. nothing there. There's a few. There's a few is trees, it cottonwoods. But, uh, yeah, or locusts. There's some locusts in the yeah. back, but. No kidding. Pretty wild. That'll be cool to see what that turns into. So, man, I always thought it'd be cool to just buy an old cattle pasture. That's pretty much what it is. Really? Yeah. And just, yeah, basically like clean slate design. Like, hey, it'd be cool to make like a pinch point here and do this here. And these will be where I'll set stands when this tree gets big enough for this (laughs) one. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be a few years before I put tree stands. It's cool, though. Yeah. You, have you ever thought about, I don't know what the process is called, where they transplant like a full mature tree from one spot to another spot? You ever seen that? Mm-mm. They take, it's like this, uh, and I don't know any of the names for the equipment or anything like that, but it's like this big cone that oh, drills yeah. out around and gets enough of the roots and it picks it up and that just keeps it in there and they transport it and kind of plant a whole mature. I don't know, it spins. I have, yeah, I have seen those. But I don't know if they can do them with like oaks. It's, it's probably more <laughs> of like... 
pine type trees with yeah. like more of like bulb type roots. But I don't know. That's probably really expensive. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm like, you know, doing that many trees, doing like the seedling program through the state. So it's oh. really not that bad. Right, right. Yeah, I wonder if like it might be worth getting. He's fine. It, just like a trade <laughs> show. Daddy daycare, man. Yeah, hey, <laughs> it's part of it. It's working class. It's part of our gig, too. Um, if you ever, I mean, that might be something to like look into if you can do that through that program to put like maybe three or four mature trees for certain winds to just get you by for some stand spots. Yeah, that's true. It's a good idea. I don't know. I don't think about that shit, but it sounds like it would work. <laughs> the The good news is uh, all those bitching and complaining that we're doing about the gun hunters and everything and neighbors, you don't have to worry about because you're not going to have neighborhood pressure where you're hunting at on the big time farm. Yeah, that's super cool. It's a cool spot. It's like a really weird, uh, like the, I guess the boundaries of it are weird. It's like strangely shaped farm. I I still don't know how those lines got drawn. Yeah. Like but, but to, to kind of paint the picture for everybody, you, you know, you're, I can't even talk. Um, the, the main field that you're hunting that we call the killing field mm-hmm. is surrounded on three sides by state ground. It's yep. a park that you can't hunt. Yep. So, you know, it's complete seclusion for them. Yeah. The downfall early season is there's all those oaks in there. It's right next to a lake. Yeah. You have no reason to come up there. Yep. But, you know, coming into the rut, yeah, there's tons of deer running around. Yep. Later in the season, if we're supplying the, the food source, they're going to have to be coming off that because the acorns are gone. Yep. And it's just going to get better from here. I that's, mean, there's been multiple 200s killed off that property. Yeah. That that's what's cool. Like, may knowing not that. have had a picture of. For sure. 100%. Well, it's like, it feels, and I'm not too familiar with the ground, you know. I'm just hunting in that one spot on the on the south end of that field. But I can see down in the timber. I'm, like, on a ridge, and I can see all down through the hardwoods. And I just like that look. It just feels, because they can just pop up anywhere. So it's kind of cool to just be sitting there, but oh shit, there's a deer right there, you know. Total, and, total different look from when you guys came up and uh, yeah, we did that last podcast. I yep. mean, it, even for me going back, I'm like, oh wow, yeah, we can really see out there now. Yeah, when was that? The it, beginning of August or something? We went and walked all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. and it was pouring rain then too, yeah. which is it was great. I, I I had a lot of fun doing that, but it was cool to see all that and jump out of those creeks. You didn't <laughs> jump anything. You just trudged right through. Well, it. You're <laughs> like, here I got an idea. Yeah. For the record, I have not been shocked by that fence since. Really? Since I you learned your lesson? Yeah. Hey, That's I almost – uh, so to get back into this piece we're hunting, you got to go through 47 gates. <laughs> yep. And uh, so – That's the lucky number. Yeah. So I went through gate 38, and then I get up to gate 40. Well, I forgot there's the gate, and then you go another 30 yards, and then there's another, there's another gate. gate yeah. I forgot about that. You're good. I forgot about the daddy daycare. Um, I forgot about the second gate, so I walked up to it. I'm like, oh, shit, i got to go through this hot fence. And I was getting ready to just, like, crawl over the freaking hot fence. But I was like, man, I don't really feel like getting shocked right in the dark in the morning. So The the other day when I called you and said, hey, I'm going to go out and check the cars real quick. I yeah. can't take it. I want to, you know, three days before you're showing up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to stay out of it, but at the same time, I want to see if anything showed up. Because right. I was right after all, you know, 80 acres of corn just got picked right next to us, too. Yeah, yeah. And, man, she is like she's staring at me. Enthralled with you. Yeah, it's funny. I got to take a picture of you podcasting oh, with a baby. But that last uh, gate that we go through to get into the field, I was like, I'm just gonna get up on this post and jump over the top so I don't have to go through all those gates. Yeah. And I, I guess I didn't judge it right because there's a big drop off <laughs> once I get up on that post, and my 38 year old ass can't handle that kind of jump anymore. Like I yeah. jumped down like seven feet. <laughs> 
and my back's like an accordion anyway, and I just felt it compress. I'm like, that, that wasn't worth it. Not that, good. <laughs> that Not wasn't good. worth it. Well, the, so the spot where I'm hunting back in is really cool. I can see down in there the food plots behind me. Um, and the winds, it's not in our favor for the next few days. It's flip-flopping, like north wind, south wind, east wind, or whatever the hell it's going to be the next few days. Yeah, it was. It went from east-southeast to northwest to east-southeast, yeah. all within, what, 18 hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is just stupid. I mean, welcome to Indiana. Yeah. That's yeah, just I mean, what we deal with. It's the same thing at home, too, yeah. you know, but the, it's... I got away with the wind this morning. It wasn't ideal because, you know, the thermals helped me out a lot. And I checked my wind up up until I got down about 10 o'clock. That's when the wind started really tanking and hitting down in that low spot. But um, thermals were, man, it was great. Everything was going straight up this morning. I kept checking it with my little wind puffer. And then, uh, so I don't know. I don't know what the plan is for tonight, but, well, I might hang a stand or I might, I don't know. I don't got know. An option. I mean, we had that new 10 show up, and that was on the north side. So if you got a northwest wind, that might. Oh, it was up there. Oh, it was on the north side, yeah, north the, end of that field. The camera where we put on the um, the fence line. Yeah, yeah. He, that's where that picture was taken at. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could set way up there, huh? I'll have to figure it out. But yeah, I'm re- I'm dying to know how old that six point is. Yeah, that six pointer. So <laughs> I sat for a while today. We were mapping out when we were gonna meet for i guess brunch and uh i was like well i i'm gonna sit at least till 10 o'clock or until i quit seeing something and it's like it's been about an hour i don't know it was about an hour since i saw the last deer and i hear on the ridge and look up and he was his body was just big enough that i was like six pointer you know what i mean but he was he was a good two-year-old um an eight or ten 120 ish um just cruising looking for does so but no, I mean that's the hope of this time of year, right? You know that buck can show yep. up any time, and we're in in that area, and the does are there, so that's kind of where I'm cashing in on. Any second, the rain is. I, uh, tomorrow's going to be brutal. Yeah, so to, it's going to be tough for everybody. Yeah, I have to map out what, what I want to do. We will see. Um, I shot a coyote. That, that was, was cool. That was probably one of the prettiest coyotes i've ever seen prettiest coyote that i've ever seen didn't, or didn't shot. just shoot it throat punched it well mm-hmm. i mean when you shoot coyotes you, you don't mess around the the <laughs> pictures uh shoving it into the freezer is quite impressive so okay let me this was uh so uh, the whole story with this coyote i thought a deer saw me turn around and look at a deer in the food plot and maybe it did but the deer, didn't, I think I texted you, Joe. I'm like, I got a deer blowing at me. She's only blown yeah. like 67 times and <laughs> just kept going and kept going. Well, then that coyote popped out of this low spot. So I'm like, oh, okay, that they, I think they might've saw me, but I think they were sitting there blowing at that coyote the whole time, which probably got me off the hook for a lot. And, uh, I saw the coyote bouncing around and basically bounced right up to me. I, I, anytime I see a coyote, I draw way beforehand cause they're so wiry Yep. And just basically right underneath me, 20 yards, and just walloped it. <laughs> just rolled it. Um, real pretty. Like, got black coloration on it, white, some red. Yeah, no mange at all. No mange. I mean, she's gorgeous. And where I hit it, it's, like, perfect if you're going to mount it because its hole was minimal size. I didn't, like, tear it up. It died instantly. So it was kind of nice to do it. So, anyway, we took pictures with it. I'm like, man, that coyote, I'd like to keep that thing, you know? And I, my uncle's a, an avid coyote hunter, and I sent him a picture of it. He's like, dude, that's one. That's one's worth keeping, man. I would keep that. 
and we're sitting there drinking beer and all that. I'm like, let's go, let's go get that thing. I'm gonna freeze the whole thing whole. This is after you argued with yourself for an hour, going, man, I kind of want to keep it. Man, I don't want to scan it. That. Yeah. So yeah. the end result was he can put it in the freezer as long as he triple wraps it. So <laughs> we triple wrapped it, rolled it up. I threw it. In, It'll fit. It's in a legit. I don't know what kind of free. It's just a regular refrigerator in the kitchen in, in the kitchen freezer top i've got the pictures that we can post yeah when you uh so it's in there right now hopefully the, the podcast the drops. cleaning lady doesn't think <laughs> oh, it's oh yeah but anyway yeah so i actually i talked to my wife on the way here it's like yeah i kept that coyote i froze it whole and you know i might want to do like a full body mount on it and she was yeah that'd be kind of cool well, we'll have to th- figure out what we want to do or she's like or the skin's cool we could, we could just tan the hide i'm like yeah, this one's probably worth full mountain though for a coyote. Yeah, that's a good one. You don't get them like that, dude. Around where I grew up hunting and stuff, they're just nasty rat tail mange down. It's just nasty. Yeah, so. but that's how most of them are around here too. Are they really? Well, yeah, except for that. Remember the one when we were uh, blood trailing the deer that I shot uh, over at your grandfather's property that went over to the neighbors, mm-hmm. and we jumped that coyote that was so big that it waddled when it ran away. Yeah, he was he fatty. Was well, oh man, no the, well. the dude, the thing just waddled. It was like a weeble wobble trying to run away from us. <sighs> That's crazy. I wonder what the world record coyote is. Like how heavy? When when we used to do the coyote crush, what was the the biggest they ever shot? Forty seven. That's a big. I think we had a forty eight. Didn't we break fifty one time? I know it was upper forty. Can't a few remember. Times. It's been That's too long. a giant. Yeah, I know that the one that guy had a full mounted, full body mm-hmm. mounted thing. I mean, it looked like a wolf. It was huge. Which really? worked out for from him. Indiana. Yeah, we did uh, this coyote crush was a, a veteran benefit, and you know there there was for the top dogs, you know, the how whoever got the most dogs won x amount of dollars. But then there was a a heavy dog pot that you winner take all. Really? So typically, whoever won that pot just took that coyote and have it full body mounted because it. Yeah. The money would cover it. Right, and right. He brought it back the next year and it it didn't shrink any at all. No kidding. So we we did a whole day of coyote hunting last winter. Um, my brother in law and Chandler and all that. We killed one dog in the first five minutes and didn't see one the whole rest of the day, but we're gonna do that again. But I just looked up the world record coyote. The largest coyote on record was a male killed near Afton, Wyoming, November nineteenth, nineteen thirty seven which measured 4 foot 11 inches from nose to tail and weighed 75 pounds. Good Lord. <laughs> Dude, that is... Oh. I can't imagine 30 pounds on top of that one that we saw at the Coyote No. <laughs> Let's see. Then also here I scroll down, and this might be bullshit, but 104-pound coyote shot in Missouri. So that's... Pro- I don't know. You see people... It's a koi wolf. Like, wh- Shut up. Um... That's every loose German shepherd around Indiana now. Yeah, yeah, every loose German shepherd. I messed with Joe when he came in because I was like, hey, let's get this this coyote out here and you know, come pick me up. I was like, dude, I th- I, it's a German shepherd, man. He goes, you did not shoot. As, as soon as you said German shepherd, there's only one person I know around with a German shepherd. I was like, eh, yeah, it could be. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of cool, man. I mean. Coyotes are hard to are hard to kill with the bow. Sometimes they're just so wiry. At, coyote males average eighteen to forty four pounds in weight. Uh, females average fifteen to forty pounds. I would say mine's no lighter than thirty pounds. It's thirty five. Oh, it's a nice size. Yeah, she was super yeah. long. Yeah, I mean that picture. I mean it looks insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe's photo skills. 
Surprisingly, folds up very small, though. Yeah, you can. You, you could pretzel wrap that thing. Put them in a fits nicely in a freezer. <laughs> put them in a kitchen freezer. I explained to my wife this morning, we're on the way here, that uh, how you was asking about the freezer and that she would not be very <laughs> happy if she reached in the freezer to get some meat out and there's a, a full coyote. Yeah, that was the first <laughs> in the freezer. Yeah. I have a very tolerant <laughs> wife, but I know where the lines are on. Honestly, so the way we have it wrapped up, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's nice, tied up. Uh, <laughs> I got a baby smiling. No, I think she's pooping. Oh, well, that's okay. She's still smiling. <laughs> she's smiling di- my direction. So yeah. there we go. Man, <laughs> you are happy. She's like she's a podcaster. Joe used to sit on my lap just like that. That's true. Yeah, first met, that's true. And he would slobber drunk and smile. That's cute. That's you, cute. He was probably pooping too. Yeah, he was, he was pooping. He Shit. was probably pooping. Well, boys, I mean, so rifle season kicks in. November still still strong. It can happen. I'm hoping to just kill one tonight, and I don't have to worry about hunting tomorrow on the rain and That'd the wind. That'd be phenomenal. I'll tell you, if it's 30-mile-an-hour winds and downpouring rain, I I got two bucks. Tags punch in Illinois. I might just kick back and have a beer in the morning. Tomorrow morning's looking good. Tomorrow afternoon is when the oh. crap starts rolling in. Okay, well, then it'll probably be really good tomorrow morning. So We're both going to kill tonight, though, so it doesn't matter. Hey, let's I mean, we'll have a double you, party. You guys could both kill tonight. I'll kill tomorrow morning, and mm. we'll just have a big old party tomorrow. I'm down for that. Yeah, Sounds good to 31 me. 31 in the morning. And only five mile an hour wind. About, about noon is when it starts getting shitty. Right when people start walking out That's of the perfect, woods. That's perfect, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Well, it'll be interesting to, uh, at the end of the weekend, get back together and yeah. talk about how things have changed because you're going to see it firsthand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even though well, you not, don't have immediate pressure, yeah. you know, there's distant pressure that's going to bring those deer in too. Well, even then, even if. So and we, they all know it's a sanctuary where you're at. Right. They know it's safe. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But it'll be cool, too. I mean, even if we don't do a follow-up this weekend, you know, if I don't punch a buck tag this, this weekend here in a couple weeks or next month, I guess, right. when we all come, when Eric's down here with, and then uh, Lord Chandler and Mr. Ross Bigger come down with us to kind of film and all that, it'll be interesting to see the big difference from yeah. now to late season food source big time plot. Activity. Yeah, I mean, we could very easily be hunting the parking lot plots by mm-hmm. the time you guys come back because there's a <laughs> lot of food out there. That sounds. People are like parking lot plots. It, it's literally right next to the parking lot to Big Time, and that's yeah. where we're doing all of our test plots. They didn't come up as good as we wanted them to because we went for two and a half months without rain. Well, I think we had less than a half inch of rain. No kidding. In two and a half months. Yeah. So, actually, for what we had going. There's a lot of food out there for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, the clover's just now starting to pop because we had last week was 80 degrees. So that kind of <laughs> rejuvenated it. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of turnips out there in the lockdown. Um, the long range bounced back, so there's a few oats and everything. So, Dude, I'm telling you, our food plots that we planted at our lease, we planted them a little later. And they are like fluorescent green glowing down there. Cause we, we planted them on the edge of one of them's – there's a creek, a little bit of woods, the food plot, and then CRP. Would Joshua Daniel kill one in Illinois? Yeah. Good. He can stop by. Two hours ago. Well, dang. I, deer hitting the ground, man. I know what deer. I've got the picture of that buck if it's the same one. Uh-oh. He sent it to me. Because on one of his leases in Indiana, I saw a huge 10 cross the road because I drive past it every morning and night. Yeah. And I'm kind of checking it for him all the time. And a giant 10 cross the road. He's like, oh, is it this one? And then he was talking about Illinois. I'm like, I'm not. Over there, this is where I'm at. Yeah. And, oh, I, I don't know that buck. I'm like, well, 
Cool. Because he sent me the picture of the Illinois. I'm hoping that's the same one. Awesome. Did, did he send you the picture in Kansas of the uh, Shadworthy spike? I was telling Kurt about no. this last night. He's got a ten and a half year old spike. <laughs> yeah. No joke. He's cold. I'm, I'm in. I'm he in. He can't go a single podcast without bringing up a spike. He's a spike guy. There's a dominant spike. A ten and a half year old spike. Come on, man. That, yeah. There's a dominant spike yeah. pushing. It's a mature around. deer. That's what you always talk about. <laughs> that's like the right buck to call. Yeah, that's the one. It might be a little bit heavy though. Will it fit in the trunk of a Volkswagen? Hmm. I mean, that's if it doesn't that's fit the in the key. trunk. God dang it, dude! Even <laughs> your spikes. Well, I feel like that was a good introduction to Indiana Camp. This might be this this Indiana Camp series might be stretched out until. Well, I guess whenever your guys' bow season ends depends on first yeah. first what, Sunday first? in January. Yeah. Is one of the ends. All right. We could do New Year's in Indiana. Ooh. Or we could have a party, watch the ball drop in Illinois, and then come to Indiana and watch it drop again. Hour difference. <laughs> Double shots. <laughs> we could do that. We could do that. And then uh, I think you guys need to all come to Turkey Palooza this year. I think it's a great I, idea. I, I like do fun. believe that as well. That it's would be – a good time. His theory on spikes holds for Jake's too. Hey, that's fine. Turkey's a except turkey. with a shotgun. Hey, I don't shoot Jake's with a shotgun, but I will kill every one of them with a bow. Well, Turkey Palooza, anything's fair game. You know, shotguns. You want to bring your bow? Call it. I mean, it's your call. Whatever you want to do. The good Lord created turkeys to be shot in the face with a shotgun. I am. I'm not, I don't disagree. My, but that's my theory on it. I've shot a couple with a bow, but. Do you ever decap like, one? Yeah, that's true. It's that a, was pretty impressive it's footage. A great feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great fucking feeling. Well, should we call her there? Yeah, man. You guys got to get back in the tree. Yeah, I know, it's getting close. Scooting. All right. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.